and welcome to the 99 Yards slash Draft Talk podcast. We're here, as always, talking all things football. I'm your host, Brian, and I'm delighted to say I've got the Draft Talk Masters back with me. It's Orion and Stu. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, very good. Um, draft season's coming around pretty quick now. Uh, the playoffs are well underway. There's snow in the air. It's it's time to talk talk playoffs and draft, definitely. Yeah, all good. There's a lot going on, isn't there? It feels like you could do a podcast a day and still have loads to talk about. Um, so yeah, plenty to get me out, plenty to be getting on with. Absolutely, and it's the week that sadly, uh, minus news team officially entered draft season, baby. Come on, that's where it's at. Uh, but yeah, as uh, oh, I said, there's there's so much going on. Um, since you last joined us, we've had a super wildcard weekend, some really fun games there, and some uh, some pretty big. Coaching uh, changes as well. We uh, we touched on Black Monday last week, but of course, as soon as we released the episode, uh, a handful of other coaching uh, changes kicked off. So let's let's start there, shall we? Um, a big one, a really big one in the uh, in the college ranks. Uh, Nick Saban departed the Alabama Crimson Tide after a hell of a career. Um, definitely changed their fortunes. Potentially changed the whole um, college football. Landscape really so um oh I what's um where do Alabama go and I guess touch on Saban and, and what he's done yeah you summed up beautifully there because the the college is is different to the NFL in the way that if someone leaves the head next head coach is hired within days it's not this drawn out process and it it kind of has this knock on effect throughout the whole pyramid of college football so Nick Saban goes. Uh, they hire Kalen DeBoer from Washington to come in. He's in um, within a couple of days and then they have to start their search and then it all just tumbles down. So you've got this this momentum at the moment where teams are, are kind of filling the backlog of that. Um, and I guess the, one of the exciting things as well is that the, the transfer portal has closed for college football. But if your team's coach isn't there anymore, gets fired or retires in the case of Saban, then there's a 30 day window where college uh, prospects and players can can um, enter the transfer portal and leave. So that transfer portal is closed, but you've got this kind of mini transfer portal of teams whose coaches have left. So there's a lot of Alabama players milling about considering the portal or, or already in the portal. So there's a kind of a, a lot going on in, in college football, but yeah, absolutely. It changes the landscape of college football. I'm, I'm, I think it's a surprise to everyone that he's done it. Um, I mean, I can't blame him. Um, go in, you know, I thought if he was going to go, he'd go out on a high, but but maybe this is just um, how, how it is with me. He's, he's going to go upstairs. He's going to have a role. He's still in around the building. He's there to support and advise. Um, but yeah, absolutely massive career. There's no doubt he's the, the kind of the, the elite of the elite when it comes to to college coaches he's the the college goat if you want to want to call it that um it's going to be very difficult to uh to replace him Kalen DeBoer's a very good coach he led Washington to the um to the national championship this season um but there's big shoes to fill yeah, I mean, the shoes are massive to fill. I mean, he's been there since 2007. It's a, it's a long tenure. But when you think about a, a college coach, you think about all the on-field stuff. But these guys have a huge role in that college in general and the and the off-the-field stuff. I mean, they're guiding some young guys through this transition from school into adulthood and um, a mentor to these guys as well, not just, not just on the football field, 
and that kind of influence and ability is going to be a big miss for Alabama. A lot of people will have committed to Alabama over the years because Nick Saban is the head coach. Um, that's not to say with all the NIL money and things that could be available to to young guys now that they're not going to commit to Alabama. But I'm I'm sure if you speak to a lot of these guys, the number one reason that a lot of them did go to Alabama when the time came was because of Nick Saban. And it'd be interesting to see are Alabama able to keep that up with continuing to recruit these these top top prospects? Um, now that that influence of of Saban is there. Um, from from what you hear, he does a, a lot around the um, the community as well. He's got a a kids foundation with his wife and whatnot. Um, so yeah, n- not just the the football that they're going to be losing there, but a, a guy who has this kind of pastoral care for all these all these young guys starting out in adult life as well. Yeah, I always find surprising with Saban how much the players genuinely do love him you think of it an older guy maybe couldn't doesn't have the same kind of relationship with these you know kids coming through some of them you know 18 years old but they talk about Nick Saban like he's their dad they they absolutely idolize this man Uh, Caleb Downs who was a freshman last season was arguably the best safety in college football he was absolutely awesome um, he did an interview, was it yesterday, either earlier today or yesterday, I, I, I saw it today, um, where, he said, where he he has entered the transfer portal, it looks like he's going to be going to Georgia. Um, but he in his interview, he was he said, you know, if you knew Nick Saban was going, would you have still gone to Alabama rather than just go straight to Georgia? And he said, absolutely, because what this guy can do, just being around him for a year, instills in you a professional mindset. because that's what he does and the lure of Alabama will be there you know six national championships since Nick Saban's been there um never mind the NIL money it's you know if you go to Alabama there's just a a different level when it comes to entering the NFL and doing other things um but yeah if you're not getting game time they may look may look to leave but yeah he's going to be around there so he's still going to be speaking to these guys but maybe just taking a bit more of a back seat uh but yeah hell of a career and, and good luck to him and I think it's the the players that you talk about is he he doesn't stop when they stop becoming an Alabama player. He I mean he keeps in touch with a lot of these guys who make it to the NFL and they still come back to Saban for advice when they're playing ten years down the line at some national football league teams. You know he he has that ability to to keep a connection with must have been hundreds of people that's come through you know over his time there. He still has that individual connection with all these guys, which is which is amazing to see. Absolutely. Look at what Alabama have done and the way they just, especially what we're talking about, usually in the draft talk, they just churn out players year after year, top, top, um, top athletes, top players. I think they've um, just had a quick look here. Yep. By far the most uh, players by any college in the NFL. Um, and yeah, hell of a job there. And talking of uh, the best of the best, or certainly the most successful, um, another, I guess, legend of the game, uh, Bill Belichick is, of course, uh, left the Patriots. Um, we didn't know when it was going to happen. We didn't know if it was going to happen, but it has happened. Um, I know I've definitely been on podcasts with, with either or both of you where we spoke about before when he when he'll go and all this sort of stuff. But um, we'd be amiss if we didn't mention uh, him and his success, and um, also how how the Patriots are. Obviously, Jeremy steps up to uh, to fill his boots straight away. 
Um, so a bit of co- continuity there. But yes, yeah, Stu, what, what do you think? Obviously, you're uh, you're a Dolphins fan. You you've dealt with uh, Belichick and the Patriots for uh, many years. Um, I guess can you sum up his achievements or guess what he means to the game? It's only in, in now that I can probably appreciate Bill Belichick <laughs> now that he's finally finally left the division because for years he was the the bane of everyone's life in that division. They won numerous consecutive championships in the in the AFC East. It was like yeah, who's going to come second in that division for for such a long time? Um, the way he has gone about things in six Super Bowls is, is is an unbelievable achievement when you look at how much effort and dedication going to winning a Super Bowl to do that six times over is is, is pretty remarkable. And the fact that he he built several good teams at that time as well. The the one real continuity was was Tom Brady, but he he built different types of teams. He had that initial early team where where Brady was kind of not the forefront of everything. They had really really good defenses, and then there was that kind of switch when they had that that offense that was firing on all cylinders. And then there was times that you thought that they were they were down and out a little bit, and then they came back and they won Super Bowls again. Yes, things haven't been great for the last couple of years, but um, Belichick's achievements should not be um, written off. They should not be thought because when Tom Brady left, they they didn't win. I, I don't think it that it, yeah any team that lost Tom Brady was gonna was gonna struggle. But I think that to say that he was a Brady only coach is is to dismiss the the greatness that Bill Belichick has had over the years. Um, he ain't done though. I don't think he's done by a long shot. I think, I think he's got a few years left in him yet. Yeah, when you think about the, the talk that was, was it Brady, was it Belichick? It can be both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Uh, I think and, it was a perfect that, storm together, wasn't it? That, just how you know, um, Tom Brady didn't play defense that whole time, and Bill Belichick coached them to, you know unprecedented success you know over the whole period they were you know the Patriots defense has been the best over the last couple of decades hasn't it um yeah what happens from here for for Belichick I I don't know if it just if it just feels wrong him going to another team I almost as a fan would have liked him to seen out his whole career with the Patriots and then sailed off on a yacht somewhere um (laughs) It's going to be extremely interesting to see. I think he's been he's got... on a yacht. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he has been on a yacht. He's going to be on the yacht again, I believe. In it, <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, it's it, yeah. It will be interesting to see whether he can replicate what happens because uh, you take him out of that. Of he's built that, but you take him out and you put him into a completely different situation. It will be interesting to see how he reacts. Does the personality change slightly? It's just going to be really intriguing to watch what happens with him on another team. And and I think it'll be wherever he goes. Um, and we'll maybe speak about it at some other point. I think it might be nice to see Bill Belichick, the head coach, again because recently yeah. he has been that general manager as well. And I think that's where some of the maybe not so good side of Bill, Bill Belichick has come out. So I, I think wherever he goes, I don't think there is 
many, if any, teams are going to give him that that reign completely free as a general manager. I mean, he's going to have a say in whatever he does. He's Bill Belichick. But it might be nice to see him not having that side of things to deal with as much and being able to focus a little bit more on, on being a head coach and, and seeing what he can do with, with wherever he ends up. Yeah, he's absolutely not without his criticism. The criticism that we've had of him, you go back, there's a... we, we spoken about him for a lengthy period on on the Chargers podcast that we did a couple of weeks ago where the what the problems that we had were around the players and the team building aspect that he struggled with um over the last five years really let's be honest so kind of take some of that out of his hands let him just have a say and let it be more group think rather than just all in his head um and yeah it will it's, it's I have no idea how how it's going to go for him um whether i root for him or not will depend on what team he coaches very interesting and i it, i think bill belichick he comes across as such a such a grump doesn't he yeah um but similar to what you're saying about saving the players absolutely love him and you know they, they say you not not only gets the best out of him on uh not all of them but most of them say not only gets the best out of him on the football field but, but he, he's a great guy too and um yeah, like you say, it's certainly not just just Brady or Belichick. It, it was a bit of both, um, and I think he's been partially by his own decisions, been been sort of um, let down a little bit the last couple of years since since Brady left, and certainly Brady going on to win another ring. Um, you know, it was a bit of a a bummer for um, Belichick, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does at another team. And like, I think I agree with what you're saying, Stuart. If he if he could just be the, co- the head coach rather than general manager, you know cleaner all the all the stuff that he did at the Patriots maybe that that'll be uh, a, a good thing for him and uh, we'll we'll see where he ends up you're right I think we've got we've got a bit of an inkling but it'll, still, it'll certainly be interesting he's still also been the architect of one of my uh, one of my favorite draft nights when he decided <laughs> that uh, when he had to have a camera in his house that was going to be focused on his dog the whole night I thought that was that actually, although everyone thought that's Bill Belichick just being grumpy, also showed a bit of humour as well. And I, th- I, I, I really like that. So, um, fair play to him for that one. Yeah, that was that was fun. That was fun. Um, yeah, well, well quickly, it wouldn't be the the draft talk podcast if we didn't talk a little bit about the draft. Um, shock horror. Uh, number one prospect Caleb Williams has announced he is going to be in the draft. Um, but there's a couple of guys who said, uh, no, you're all right. We're going to stick around in college, maybe get a bit of a bit more experience or NIL money, as, as we'll call it now. Um, any shocks, guys? Any any guys you'd, you'd like to see? You'd, you'd like you'd, you'd like us to be talking about on the on the Draft Talk podcast in a couple of weeks or, yeah, what would you make of the list? Sorry, Owen, I thought you were going to go there. <laughs> no, I'm um, I was trying to think of my answer to the question, which I think most of the top guys that we expected are going, aren't they? It's there's not there's not kind of the shocks that we had last year where like Oliver Sharno and Jared Verse end up going back to school. There's no there's not those big names returning, but there's plenty of um, kind of end of day one, beginning of day two players that are returning and. I can't remember what podcast we spoke about it on, but um, again, it might have been that Chargers one going back to it, but we were on about the depth on day three and how that was being affected by players returning to school because of the money they, not necessarily the money they can earn, but that's certainly a part of it. But the fact that they know 
you know, I'm not going to be a top prospect. I might as well go back. I might as well finish my degree, pick up a little bit of money before I enter. Um, day three has been absolutely decimated of talent. Um, the positions which normally you pick up around that mark, you know, like, like linebackers and, and running backs, which you, know, you get a lot of going on day three, there it's just completely decimated. There's, there's the back half of this draft is going to be people really just trying to find athletes because the, the most of the talent that you were going to go see go five, six, they, they've all gone back to school. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned about like the, the depth and things. I think the depth that some positions has for, forced a hand of some people. I think the guy, you know, we saw very early in the season people having a booker um, from Ohio State ranked very highly. And, and I don't think he's done anything wrong per se, but when you look at the raft of wide receivers that have been ranked highly, um, he maybe wasn't going to be in that top cluster of guys going and he might have fallen to... A day two probably would have been a day two, I think. Um, and now he's decided, you know what, let's give myself another year, clear out the likes of Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, all these kind of guys, and I can maybe make a push next year for being in that upper echelons. So it's a, it's an interesting time for guys. I think more guys are going to do that kind of thing now because they do have that little bit of security of that they can generate a little bit more income. They can maybe transfer to a different program or or whatever you know, to 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 push the draft stock up. Whereas before maybe there was that right. I'm a, I'm I'm doing really well here. Let's go out and let's get get my NFL money straight away. Um, and and he's he's one of the guys I certainly thought has has kind of maybe had that kind of think. Yeah. Ohio State have done a really good job returning players. Uh, probably the top running back would have been Travion Henderson. He's gone back to school, as well as them recruit or signing out of the transfer portal. Drukins from from Ole Miss, who the, that backfield is going to be absolutely insane next year. And then Denzel Burke's gone back. JT Tumalo, I was gone back as well on the defense. They they've put something together there to make a push next year, whether it works or not. Who knows? Because it's failed them for the last couple of seasons, but they've they've thrown some money out there to get people from the transfer portal and to get um, players returning. What you were saying there about the receivers, Stu, about with Ebuka, that it could just be that this it's so it's so loaded with receivers yeah. this class that you maybe are better off just taking your your look next season if you, if you're going to be a kind of a day two player. Tory Horton from Colorado State is one of those guys where you think he probably is worth a punt on. You know, in the third round, maybe as a, as a second round player, but you get pushed down the board because of how many good players there are. So um, I'm not surprised that you end up going back to school. Um, yeah, there's a load of names there. Um, quarterbacks, Quinn Ewers went back, which was surprising considering uh, they've got Arch Manning there, who was expected to be the starter for this year. It'd be very interesting to see what happens there. He's, looks like Archman is going to be the backup again this year because you don't think that Quinn Ewers goes back if he knows he's going to be sitting on the bench. So that's going to be extremely interesting um, to see how that plays out, especially because Texas has a lot of talent coming to the draft. We're going to be talking a lot about Texas players. Um, but yeah, the, the really on day three is where you're really seeing the the lack of, of people declaring and, and the lack of underclassmen declaring. Um, if I can remember the, the numbers off the top of my head, but the, the the list that came out would do another one in a couple of days time which will be the final list of all of them but the soft list which came out was just the initial one only had 30 odd players on it under class one who had declared for the draft when 
in 2019 it was it was 130 something so there's a huge difference i mean you you have to take into account their covid years and things like that and seniors um but a lot of underclassmen are deciding not to enter the draft if they're going if they're not going to be one of the top picks and maybe maybe that's the right decision maybe this is how the draft should have been all along whereas you you go back you get the whole point of the college system is that you go and get a degree and you get your education before you enter that you are you are more players are finalizing that they're earning a bit of money when they're there which let's be honest they should be because the amount of income that they generate for everyone um maybe this is a correction in in how the draft will be going forward yeah good stuff and like you say some some guys will like year of experience will, will do great some some will unfortunately get injured some will some will go the other way you know they'll, they'll have some problems so well i guess we'll never know for real but um interesting to see how that affects um but yeah let's let's go forward We've got another weekend of exciting playoff games. We don't need to talk about last week's games at all. Um, but yeah, we're kicking off Saturday, Saturday night. The Texans trying to upset the Ravens. Um, oh, I, do you think do you think they can upset them? The, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson so good. It is the week and a well two week week and a half off going to screw them a bit? Or what's your take? Of course they can. They absolutely can. Um, whether they will. I don't know. I would. I would be. I would be favouring the Ravens. It would be disingenuous not to. But you look at what the Texans have done all season, especially what they did against the Browns last weekend, mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to to back against them. I think if it was anyone other than the Ravens, you would maybe be favouring them because C.J. Stroud can keep repeating what he's doing, and the defense stepped up as well. Um, they're just so far ahead of where we all expected them to be, the Texans, that um, it's been absolutely unbelievable for them this season. Uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson has something to prove here, right? He's what played four playoff games as he won one, lost three, something like that. Um, he he has to prove that, that he can do it in the playoffs because he hasn't so far. Um, this is his best chance, though. Um, so yeah, at home as well. I would be picking the Ravens, but the Texans absolutely can win that game. Yeah, I mean, we saw the Texans, the Cleveland Browns. They they absolutely torched the Cleveland Browns and uh, set them on fire and whatever you want to say about that. But um, they had a really really good defense that Cleveland Browns defense, and the, the the amount of points that they were able to put up on them. They can do that. The Ravens have got very good defense this year as well, in in different ways I think than the Browns have. I think that they rely a lot more on scheme and coaching and working as a unit rather than that. That's not to say that the Browns weren't that, but the Browns had a lot of kind of start more star players I think than the Ravens do on that in that defense. Um, but the the upside, the other side is that the the Texans have to deal with the Ravens offense as well. Um, I remember watching Lamar Jackson a few years ago, and I'm sure it was the Chargers they played in, the, in a playoff game, and he was absolutely wretched. Um, so that was a few years ago, and he's, he has come on and developed as a player um, over the years. But it's going to be difficult, but the, the Ravens are kind of one of those teams, if they have home field advantage, um, you do fancy the Ravens. But um, CJ Stride has been awesome. He's, he's far exceeded, I think, I think anyone's expectations. I think even the tech, the Texans, 
we'll say we knew he was going to be like this all along. That's why we picked him. No, they didn't. Um, they were going to get a quarterback they thought was good, but CJ Stride has been is, for a guy to come st- that level with. He wasn't. He had enough college experience, but he, there's, we've seen players with a lot more to come in and play like that in your first year in the league, and then the playoffs didn't even phase him. Just carried on doing what he was doing is. It's unreal. Um, you know, it's, it's been a while since we've seen a rookie play that well in a playoff game. Um, but it's just the Ravens, isn't it? They just have that way of being able to grind out difficult wins. It was on CJ Stroud. It just shows how much situation matters when you're a rookie quarterback. Because for however good he's been, you know, get the talk being like, oh, did the um, did the Panthers make the wrong decision by taking Bryce Young? Yeah. You've got absolutely no way of knowing if CJ Stroud is in the offense, he's going to be that good. You, you, you just don't. It looks like a mistake, but you have absolutely no idea if CJ Stroud is better than Bryce Young in that offense. You just you, you just don't know. Um, and the situation matters in how you play up to them. Like We all, we all knew that if, with CJ Stroud, you have to let him plant his feet. If you can plant his feet and he can, he can be accurate and he, he will tear you apart. And the Texans have, for the most part, been able to, to let him do that. And and he's improved a little bit on the run as well. That was that was a knock on him coming out, and he 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 has genuinely improved from last year, which is difficult to say for for Bryce Young. So, yeah, but you you can't take away from him. you would if you were ranking quarterbacks right now, you have him as a top ten quarterback in the league, don't you? Absolutely, and that should be a good game for for starters, and then uh, after that, obviously early early Sunday morning for us in the UK, it's the Packers. Going over to San Francisco uh, to play the 49ers. Uh, 49ers are sort of heavy favourites here, but um, the Packers looked great last weekend. The Cowboys made it kind of easy for them, but they they, they certainly took care of business and um, yeah, looked fantastic on both sides of the ball. So um, I guess, Stuart, again, can, can you see an upset here? Um, yes. There's always a route Not for really an upset yes, in the playoffs. Can, it might happen. Obviously, it might happen. But... Um, yeah, I was I was impressed with with the Packers and particularly in that first half against um, the Cowboys. Sorry, Brian, they absolutely smoked them in that first half. C A uh, C J Stroud, no C J Stroud was not playing. Jordan Love, um, we're talking about another quarterback who's just taken over a team. The 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 way he played in that first half in particular was was pretty impressive. They've got a really young core. They're a bit like the bit fearless, you know. It's it's, it's, it's actually the, the young, they don't know any better. You just go out and play football. You know, sometimes you find that they, there's a bit of freedom with these young guys. You know, they've got a really young skill position, guys. Their offensive line's not that experienced as well. Um, and the the two best, well, the two main receivers that have had a lot of the, the play this year basically didn't feature. You know, the um, Christian Watson and, and Jane Reed were, were hardly targeted and CJ Stride's still able to do the business. But... I think they, um, it's not CJ Stride, it's Jordan Love. Stop talking about CJ Stride. Um, yeah, the the San Francisco 49ers are a different beast, though. I think that they, they look a proper team. Um, they've got the coaching, they've got the skill position players to damage you in a hundred different ways. The defence is well coached. Um, I do fancy the 49ers. I think this is where Green Bay's run will come to an end but hey it's been another run that's exceeded expectations I think particularly mid-season I don't think anybody fancied Green Bay to make the playoffs never mind win a playoff game so um, Matt Lafleur is a very good coach I think he's extremely underrated when you look at how good he has been since he's been in Green Bay but for me I think the 49ers just 
have a little bit too much for the Green Bay Packers at the moment. Yeah, and although it didn't show necessarily last week, the Packers have been dreadful on defense the last month or so. Um, and so they're um, trying to think of his name, the defensive coordinator is Barry, isn't it? Um, yeah, Joe Barry. Joe Barry. That he, um, it he was on like the hot was, seat. Yeah, yeah that he, he was. There was absolutely no way that he was gonna, as the dog, uh, there's no way that um, that he was gonna survive the season. Um, 49ers are nine and a half point favourite, same as the Ravens, actually. I'm surprised by that. Um, you can see it being within nine and a half points, can't you? But yeah, the 49ers going after this defence, yeah, I would expect them to, uh, to, to to win this pretty comfortably, I would say. Yeah, I have to agree. But I think like you say, the, both of the, both of the, both of the um, away teams on the, on the Saturday Night Fitch's kind of got nothing to lose. We're, we're particularly expected to, to make the playoffs. Have had, you know, a great a great start in the uh, in the wildcard weekend, and it's like, well, yeah, we'll, we'll go out. We've got, you know, we're we're both young teams. We're away. We're not meant to win. If we lose, it doesn't really matter, and um, we'll see how it works out for them. And then we've got who'd have thought it? we've got the Buccaneers and the Lions at the uh, the eight o'clock kickoff Sunday night. Uh, Lions favourite, obviously big. Big win for them. First uh, playoff win in, I can't remember how, very long. Um, M&M will be there again and 92. all that. 92. Wowzers. Um, the 91 season, it was obviously in July 92. Was that July? January 92 was their last playoff win. There we go. So uh, I was playing the Buccaneers. We've had um, a bit of playoff success recently. And uh, I think we said last week, didn't we, if, uh, if Baker Mayfield can have a good game, the, the Buccaneers can do it, and, and they did it. And um, yeah, could, do you see him having another good game, or uh, did the Lions take this? Yeah, he could. Yeah, yes, yes, he could. I'm not going <laughs> to say that. I guess ask the, direct no, questions, Brian. No, I think the um, no, I think the Lions have got that off their back. Mm-hmm. That you can, you've, you've got that off your shoulders. They, get, I think the Lions sh- should win this game. Um, they're the more talented team. There's no doubt about it. Um, there's something about an under a sneaky underdog like the Buccaneers are. They'll, they'll come in and they'll just grid it out. But whether the Lions is the right team for them to come up against, I don't know. I would be favouring the Lions. Um, how good would it be to see the Lions in a NFC Championship game? Uh, I, I think they're the team now that all the neutrals are, are rooting for, aren't they? Um, yeah, I, I favour the Lions there. I fancy the Bucks to take this one. Um, I said last week that we're going to get the, the Baker magic and he's going to do a, a, a playoff run for the ages and I'm and I'm not going to back against that. Um, I think the Lions, they've had so much energy and hype into this getting this playoff win that this they might just come back down to earth. I think that they've this would be so hyped. Sometimes teams you find can get overhyped and they, they all that adrenaline and whatnot, and then the next week they they have a crash. And and I I think that there's enough in that Buccaneers team. I think they've got a good enough defensive line. Um, I th- particularly in that middle, I think v- uh, Kaija Kansi was awesome in the in the mm. in the playoff game. Um, and they still got the likes of Mike Evans, who's still still a very very good receiver and can punish, which I think is maybe a bit of a weakness of that Lions team, the cornerbacks. I think it's going to be close, and I could see it coming down to a, a 
a last minute field goal type kind of game, but I've just got a sneaky suspicion the Bucks might do enough to win it. Do you think that Dan Campbell lets them not be anything other than grounded at this point? And you're saying that they might get carried away from themselves. I don't know if you went to go into the locker room the next day whether Dan Campbell's going to be there having a having a bit of a party with them. He, I think yeah, no, I don't he's think it's gonna, a, I don't think it's a party. I think it's that that just that high the come down. Mm. I think yeah. more than anything, yeah, I don't think yeah, I don't think Danny Dan Campbell is going to mm. let them have a, yeah. any Billy Big Balls in that dressing room. You know, I think they're going to be all. Um, kept kept in check kept focused yeah. but it is really really hard to to have that 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 high and that come down and then build themselves up again we see it so many times teams have a marquee win in a season and the next week it's a damp squib I, I hope it's not I really hope the Lions do it I, I think it would be a great story for them and I would I, I think it'd be a great story for Jared Goff the way he's embrace playing for the Lions. You know, he was discarded by the, the Rams. They got him out on a trade plus giving up first round picks. We want this guy out of our building. And he could he really could have been one of these quarterbacks who falls down the league, falls into backup roles and he's mm-hmm. not playing anymore. He's went, I, I, I ain't gonna do that. I'm gonna work my backside off. I'm gonna take everything that Detroit is offering me and really run with it. And he's done it and he's done a really, really good job. He's as he's a he's a good quarterback as Jared Goff. I think that people you know, oh yeah, he's not. He isn't an elite quarterback, but he is a very good quarterback, and, and I would like to see him have a bit of a redemption story as well. Absolutely, well, he's got his chance to continue that on Sunday. The final game Sunday is the big one. Um, it's a good job Adam's not on the pod, or he'd want this move to like six o'clock in the afternoon for us in the UK. But no, it's unfortunately half eleven at night. But I certainly think it's worth saying up for uh, that he's the Chiefs going to the Bills. Hopefully no crazy weather this week over there in Buffalo. But yeah, this is this is a close game. Um, so let's be direct about it. Oh, and who's going to win? Bills. Why? Because they're playing at home. Cool. That's the whole, the, the whole <laughs> reason. When it's this close, I'll bet the yeah, home team. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And more seriously, though, the run that they've been on to get into the, mm. the playoffs uh, and then how they performed. Against, I know the Steelers weren't very good last week, but they just feel like they're the team that's got the momentum at the moment. And the Chiefs haven't really got going at any point this season, I don't think, that they didn't really have to do anything in that Miami game. Um, it didn't really go the way that we thought in terms of, I thought they'd just be pounding the run constantly. It didn't really go that way. Why anyone was trying to chuck a ball in that weather, I don't know. Um, but I, I just don't feel like they've had that game where you think, right, yeah, here's your Super Bowl champions for this year. Whereas the Bills, I think, have, have got the men- momentum with them that they feel like they're due a decent post-season win over the Chiefs and they're just going about their business fairly straightforwardly while not putting too much on Josh Allen either. It's all been, last week it was pretty straightforward for them um, and they've done extremely well to get themselves in this position. So I would I would go with the home team who's got the momentum at the moment in the Bills. This is the game that I want both teams to lose. Yeah, I hate both of these teams with a passion. <laughs> I hate the Chiefs and I hate the Bills and I both wish we're out of the playoffs as soon as it could be. Um, 
But yeah, I agree the Bills. Um, it shows how bad Miami were against the, the Kansas City Chiefs because I didn't think the Chiefs looked a great team, to be honest. Didn't, really didn't. Um, out with of Rasheed Rice and George Karlaftis, I think that they were the two difference makers on either side of the ball for that team. Um, this is also out Super Bowls notwithstanding, Patrick Mahomes' first away playoff game. Um, he's always played all his playoff games up until Super Bowls at Arrowhead, so it'll be interesting to see how they they do there. I think the the Bills are, are a better team. I think they're playing better at the moment. They were six and six, and they finished the season eleven and six. They just went on a charge at the end. Um, and I think the momentum when you're heading into the postseason is so important. We look what happened to the Eagles. They flew out the traps and they stumbled over that finish line and we saw how bad they were in the playoffs. So I think momentum does matter. Um, I think the Bills have enough about them to to hang with the Chiefs if it becomes a shootout and more. Um, and home field advantage is probably going to see them through. But I don't really care who wins this match, if I'm honest. How much of a bonehead does Kadarius Tony look now? Because if he hadn't have been offside in, the, in their regular season game mm. that when Travis Kelsey threw that pass and that would have stood, they would have been the two seed and this game would have been the other way around. Arrowhead mm. and I would probably be picking the Chiefs. So yeah, this it, it's, it's a coin flip but um, yeah, I'd always take the team with the momentum at the moment. and The Bills just look a better team. True, true, true. There's plenty of things you could say about uh, Kieris Tony, but yeah, that's um, thought line offside, like uh, I used to coach under it, basically down to like eight-year-olds, and that's one of the first things you do is where you line up, and it's yeah. But anyway, enough said. But yes, one weekend of football we've got. One of one of the last few, unfortunately, for a while. So do enjoy it. Um, but yeah, that's all we've got time for. We'll be back uh, probably back next week. A bit more playoffs, and we will eventually get proper our teeth proper into the draft. And um, but yes, take care of yourselves, and thanks for listening. Yeah.